0: Welcome to the Life Point Church podcast. How many love God's Word? Um, you know, His Word is just, it's life. Yes. Yes. So, not, no matter what you might be walking through today, have experienced this week, um, no matter what doubt has come at you, challenge has rose up against you, um, the awesome thing is no matter what it feels like, you can grab a hold of God's Word. And it works. How many have ever had God's word work? It just works. That's what it does. It works. Look at someone say, "That's for real." real. (laughs) It does work. No matter if it's all the way back in the Old Testament or all the way up in the New Testament, it works. And so we've been studying uh, for the last several, several weeks. on, on a series that, uh, so this is week eight, so we have two more weeks after today. I'm not sure if I've ever done a series this long. I keep telling my wife, so this feels like the longest series, but I know God had us speak it, and we've had um, so, so much good feedback, and I, I appreciate that, so that tells me that it's, um, it's hitting home, it's bringing revelation, and how um, I many know, when you get revelation and you respond to it, it, it can change everything. When you get revelation, you can respond to it, it makes everything subject to change, it makes your doubt subject to change. It makes your poverty subject to change. It makes your sickness subject to change. It makes your bad attitudes subject to change. It makes your spouse subject to change. How many do your spouse needs it? Can I see your hands back there? Every woman's like, mm. the guy's like, I will not raise my hand for that. That is not going to happen today. <laughs> so here's what we've learned, that God's people were in this, uh, they were in bondage in Egypt for pushing 500 years And God called them out and was bringing them from a place of problem and slavery into a place of prosperity and promise. And so God brought them out, brought them through the sea, brought them into the wilderness to bring them out the other side to give them a promised land. And while they're in the wilderness at Sinai, God calls Moses, their leader, up the mountain and he gives them what the Bible says are the 10 words or the the, um, 10 commandments is what we call them. He gave them the 10 commandments. Now, did you notice they weren't the 10 suggestions? They have not faded away. They have not lost their importance. There there are these 10 commandments that God gave. And remember, this is a people who weren't a people, who God called to be a people. And God said, I want to give you these commandments. And the whole reason he gave them, he said, was to prove you, to keep you above sin and to keep you blessed. That's why God gave them. He didn't give them to them in Egypt. This is not what delivered them. The hand of God delivered them. It's like our slavery to sin. It wasn't our great obedience or performance that delivered us. It was the work of Jesus. But then he gave us his word that helps us live above sin. And so he gave them the Ten Commandments. And so we're calling this series The List because this is the original top ten list. And so we are actually on the Eighth Commandment, week number eight. And so um, the Bible says this, that you can sum up all the commandments in this saying, love God with everything and love your neighbor just like you love yourself. So you can sum all these up. And so these last commandments, few commandments are all about our neighbor, all about the people around us. And so commandment number eight is this. Exodus twenty fifteen, you shall not steal. You shall not steal. And so we've said this over the last few weeks that every one of these commandments have a face value. So when you hear or you read thou shalt not steal, it's pretty obvious that we shouldn't what? We shouldn't steal. But I do believe under every one of these commandments there is a life giving principle that expands just the word steal, Um, or as we'll look next week, lie, or the next week, covet. So there's a principle of life that's even behind face value. That's how the word works. Isn't that cool? There's face value, and there's this whole impact uh, behind it. And so we've been looking at the principles that are behind each one of these commandments. So let's jump to the New Testament, Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 28, and it connects us with this same thought. It says, if any one of you have ever stolen from someone else... Don't raise your hand. I think somewhat, most of us have taken something, even if we we're a little kid. Most of us, here's what I believe about the commandments. I believe that everyone's broken every one of the principles. That's why we need grace. But it says this, um, if any of you has ever, have ever stolen from someone else, never do it. What? Again, don't do it again, right? Um, instead, be industrious, earn an honest living, and then you'll have enough to bless those in need. Let's start right here. I'm going to make three points like I always do every week. It just helps us learn better. Here's the first point. We're going to make all three of them from this scripture in Ephesians. Number one, quit stealing. Quit stealing. And so the definition of stealing would be this. Um, Actually, it's from a Greek word. And as soon as I tell you the Greek word, you're going to have another word pop in your mind. It's the Greek word klepto. We get the word kleptomaniac, which means this. Someone has a habit of taking something from someone else that doesn't belong to them without permission. We would call that person a kleptomaniac. It comes from the Greek word klept, which, or klepto, which means to steal. Stealing means I take something from somebody that belongs to them. It doesn't belong to me. I have a habit of doing this, and I do it without permission. So let's think about that just for a moment. Um, you can actually steal from other people. It's obvious. Leviticus says that, that is a deceptive lifestyle. Or we're living in deception when we steal and we take from people. And um, the Bible says this, that you will not inherit the kingdom of God. It doesn't say the kingdom of heaven. It just says the kingdom of God. What's the kingdom of God? It's the power and blessing of God. We won't inherit that if we make a lifestyle of what? Stealing. Well, I think most of us in here know that stealing is wrong. We learned that um, very early. Um, but maybe you have been stolen from. I remember when I was younger, we pulled into our house. I pulled in uh, with my mom, and we pulled in, and the back door was open, which was a little bit strange. And as we walked in the house, our house was ransacked. They came in, they stole money, they stole things out of our house, um, and you felt violated. If you've ever been in that, that situation, if someone's ever stolen Um, From you, I remember one time someone broke into my truck. I went and got into it the next morning, and things were just turned up everywhere. They stole the change out of the dash, but they left all my CDs because they were all worship CDs. They didn't want that apparently, (laughs) but they left me a mess. But so, you, if maybe you stole something, or maybe you had something stolen, so you know what that feels like. So, we can steal from other people, and the Bible says, quit doing that. Um, Do you know this that you can steal from God? So how, how would I steal from God? Well, the Bible answers that question. In Malachi chapter 3, it says don't steal from God. You've robbed God. How, how, it says how do you rob God? Here's how you rob God. If you don't give God his tithes and if you don't give offerings, we're a thief if we do that. We rob God. Now, it's one thing to rob somebody. How do we know God's not the person you want to rob? <laughs> but that's what the Bible says. We are stealing from God. If we don't, because the Bible said the 10% is what, it's his anyways, it's not mine. And the Bible says, if we rob God, here's what we do with all of our resources. We, we, we allow a curse on them. The, the the financial, um, there's a spirit on the world's finances. It's the spirit of mammon and that's a demonic God. And so the Bible said his curse or his power is on the world's finances. So, it's on our finances. How do you break it off? I, I, I sow my tithe. I sow my offering. I live generously, and it breaks the spirit of mammon. You can't just pray for the spirit of mammon to go. I just tell that spirit to go, get off my money. No, what, what do you do? You sow, and then you can. You, you can't, you cannot break that spirit without what? Sowing. So, he's like, Well, you're always talking about money. I'm not talking about money and get your money. I'm, I'm talking about sowing your tithes and offerings to break that spirit off. It's what breaks the curse. That, that's when you can call yourself blessed. If you're, if you're consistently tithing and giving of offerings and living a generous lifestyle, you, the Bible says, if you read on to Malachi, it says some things about your life. He'll open up the windows of heaven because he'll trust you. Yeah. It actually says you can receive so much you don't know what to do with all of it. Right. Here's what that looks like. It, you're blessed so much when someone says, what do you want for Christmas? I don't need anything. Good. That's good. That's good. What do you want for your birthday? I a A hug. God, go get you to that point. That's what opening the windows of heaven. That means you don't have to worry. Yeah. But if we're robbing God, we don't have that promise of protection. Yeah. So that's not a condemnation. I am just say start giving, start tithing. I mean, like the truth, right? That's the truth right there. But also, it'll, it'll set you free. So we can rob God. But what if I told you this? You can actually steal from yourself. You can actually rob yourself. You can actually steal from yourself. And that's what I want to talk about for a few more moments. So the first thing the scripture says is quit stealing, quit being a klepto. Look at someone and say, he's talking to you. <laughs> so it, at face value, we know that this commandment means what? Don't steal. Don't be a klepto, right? Um, but there's also a principle behind this. And here's what I believe the principle is. It's a principle of accuracy. Everybody say accuracy. So here's my title, the accuracy of your actions. That's my, that's my title this morning. So if point one from that scripture is this, quit stealing, here's point two, work with excellence. We, we just read the scripture said, if you have stolen, don't do it again, but be industrious, earn an honest living. Um, some translation says, work hard with your hands. Um, th- in this scripture, here's what this word means. So just everybody relax for a moment, but here's what it means. That you give such great effort that you're at a point of exhaustion. We lost out a little bit in the generation we're in, haven't we? Don't believe me? Just go through a drive the day, It'll prove itself out to you. <laughs> so the, the commandment is this. Don't steal. Quit stealing, but work with excellence. Everyone say excellence. Excellent. Work with excellence, which, which means this. Work to the point of giving everything you got. It's actually a phrase that comes from athletic training. So, if you're going to be a world class athlete, how many know you don't just show up? If some of you may have been watching the NFL combine going on right now on TV, it's been on in the evenings, in the afternoon. It's all these world class athletes that are proving how well they're performing by how much they've trained. No one showed up after being on vacation for six months at the combine and runs a 4.340. And guys, you can't do that. I know you think you can, but you can't. You have to what? Train. It means you give your best, you work your hardest. so this is what the scripture actually says. You didn't know you are going to hear about this today, did you? It says, quit stealing and work. So don't steal from someone else. Don't rob God and don't steal from yourself. In other words, give your best effort, all of your energy. Work to the place where you know you've left it all out there. This is the way I look at it. There are two types of people in the world. Just hear me out on this. There are um, depleters and replenishers. Somebody better say amen to that. If you are the boss of anybody, you're like, "Mm, you have no idea. Um, But there are people in the world, there are people in church, there are people in this church, they're either a depleter or a replenisher. And here's the difference. When a replenisher comes into your presence and they leave your presence, you feel what? Better. You feel encouraged. You feel helped. When a depleter comes in your presence, you do this. Oh, here they come. And when they walk out of your presence, you're ready to jump off the bridge. And th- there really are those two types. If you own a business, you know, you have some people who are they're replenishers. Man, I can count on them. They work hard. They're making our business better. And then there's that one person that's like, they are zapping everything that I've got. Even it could be a friendship. Those people who are um, replenishers, you, you feel really energized when you're in their presence. You, have you ever, you know... Isn't it good to have one of those friends who every once in a while they ask you, how are you doing? And so the person's like, oh, you don't ever believe what happened next. Oh, this is going on. Oh, that's going on. All oh, that's going on. I'm sure you have people in your life, they always want to tell you how bad everything is. They have a list of prayer requests and not you don't want to help them, but you see them coming and you're like, oh, this little thing comes on inside. It's called dread. Now don't look around and try to figure out who's who this morning. But just let me challenge you with this. Be a replenisher. Don't be a depleter. But there really are these, type of, these two type of people. You either bring something. Actually, Scripture says that about a church. It says every joint what supplies. Everyone's got a gift. Everyone's got something. Get involved. Bring it. Don't be the person who just takes, 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 and takes. Like I said, don't look around trying to figure out who that might be. Let's look at some more Scripture. Colossians chapter 3 says this. Let every employee listen well and follow the instructions of their employer. Not just when the employers are watching and not in pretense, but be faithful in what? All things. For we are to live our lives with pure hearts in the constant awe and wonder of our Lord. Put your heart and your soul into what? Everything that you do. As though you are doing it for what? God Himself. Think about that. Whatever you do, wherever you work, if you're flipping burgers at McDonald's right now, or if you're an executive, do what? Do everything that you're supposed to do with everything that you have, knowing that you do it for God. You're just not doing it for people. Verse 24, for we know that we will receive a what? Now, you might try to avoid this, but everywhere you come in scripture, there is a reward for what? Acting the right way. There's a reward for following the commandments. Thank God there's grace when we miss it, but we get rewarded when we choose to live a lifestyle that what? Honors God. The Bible actually says this. When you seek God, that means when you do things his way, the Bible says he is a what? Rewarder. It's okay to be rewarded. How many like rewards? God's a rewarder. He likes to reward. Someone just needs to say, I'm all right with that. You will receive a reward, which is an inheritance from the Lord as you serve Yahweh, the anointed one. Look at verse 25. A disciple will be what? Repaid. Any disciples in here? God will repay you. Now look what he says for what you have learned and followed. He will not reward you for what you've learned. But he will reward you for what you have what? Learned and wasn't that a good sermon. Oh, that'll just change my life. (laughs) Did you practice it? No, but boy, did I learn a lot today. Well, God bless you. But you receive a reward when you what? Learn something, and then you follow it. God doesn't pay any attention to people's titles or their prestige. In other words, I believe what God's saying is quit stealing and work with a spirit of what? Excellence. Now, the Jewish people knew this word excellent meant this. The highest standard, the highest bar, and they believed this, that that was the bar and the standard that a person of God would live by, and, and that's what they would shoot for, and that was the standard of what? Excellence. That means everything, all your effort, energy, ethics, um, energy put toward um, doing it with everything that you have for God. That, that's the standard they believed in. And here's what I believe. You will never prosper. You will never thrive. You will never elevate until you settle something in your life. It's a spirit of excellence. Somebody say amen. amen. Um, to be efficient, to um, do the best that you possibly could do. So I just wrote down a few things that you won't want to hear that may fall in this category of spirit of excellence. And it, it really is in context talking about, you know, we work for somebody, right? Uh, and so there's this stand of excellence that obviously, you know, should be... Um, in our personal lives, but it should also be, it should show up in how we work. I believe this, if you call yourself a believer, if you call yourself a life pointer, then you wanna be the best employees around. Because we do it for the glory of God. So, so I just got a couple things when it talks about excellence that you might wanna write down. How about this one? Here's what excellence means. Don't ever settle for average. I don't think there's anyone here today like, you know what, 2020 is the year of average. <laughs> no, no one wants an average marriage. No one wants an average what ministry. No one wants an average business. What's your goal for business this year? What's your strategy? If they call you in for to a you know a budget meeting or a strategy meeting, we're shooting for average this year. I've got my my, my sights are set, and I, I think I can I think I can do it this year. Excellence means you don't ever saddle for what average. Actually, I think it means this: you never for you never settle for good, because good's the enemy of great. All right, let's just move on. How about this? Um, Excellence means this that you always make the extra effort. Extra effort. In other words, here's what I believe excellence is never an accident. Never an accident. You just, oh, I woke up today, I'm excellent. No, it it takes a little bit of extra effort. Um, When you're excellent, you always keep improving. Always keep improving. When you're excellent, um, you always remain faithful. And it's easy to say faithful, but you know where faithful shows up? In the little things. The little things. Like we, we kind of freak out once in a while if we misspell a word on something because it's a sign of we missed the excellence there. Um, have you ever been to a church where... Um, ha, how many uh, ever had little kids and they collared that picture and you stuck it on the fridge? It wasn't in the lines. I mean, it was all over the place. But you're like, that is awesome. Really, you're like, I'm not sure what's wrong with my kid. They they just. But you put it on the fridge because it's. But it's awesome when they're like six. But have you ever been, you know, to a, a business or a church and it looks like someone made the poster for the business that they took it home? Their two year olds like, here's a crayon. You're like, let's promote this event and they put it on the wall. Anyone ever seen something like? But well, that's not excellence. Now, I'm not. I'm just saying we have to have a better standard of excellence. Why? Because I represent the King of Kings. I, I represent God Almighty. I represent everything I do is, is, is for him. So how about this? If we're going to remain faithful in the little things, listen, I know this is practical, but I think we need to hear this. It, it, it might show up in your life in some areas like this. How about this? If we're going to be faithful, how about this when we, when we work? How about we show up on time? That's the spirit of what? Excellence. And when I said a moment ago, sometimes we steal from ourselves. it's when we do stuff like this. We can't show up on time. Now, I'm not talking about you had a flat tire, you had a merge. We just can't show up on time. What's that say? It says you don't care. Because excellence means we go what, The extra mile. I heard someone say there are no traffic jams on the second mile. Because no one wants to go the extra mile. Sometimes we don't show up on time. How about this? Um, we sneak out early. Well, the boss is gone. He's on vacation. When you are there, how about this? Don't slack off. Don't take things from the business that doesn't belong to you. How about this one? This, this should be common sense. But keep a good appearance. Use a breath mint. <laughs> Not, listen, I know those are just little things, but I'm talking about, let's be faithful. When we, when we go to work, we represent God. We represent our church. We represent God's change in our life. Show up with some excellence. Don't show up in the same sweats that you mowed the yard in last night. You need to buy my product. I don't want your product, because it's the way you look. Well, God looks on the heart. Yeah, but man doesn't. Man looks on the outside. I'm not saying you have to wear a three-piece suit to church, but I'm just saying we represent him. Here's another, just being respectful. These are what? Little things, but the Bible says be faithful in these little things. First Corinthians says this, everything you do, do it for what? The glory of God. I'm just saying, show up on time, work hard, be the best employee there, represent God well. It, you know what it does? It gives you an ear to the people around you. If you're saying, I go to life point every week, and, and you're sneaking out early, showing up late, it does not give you a voice for a witness or a voice for a testimony. Actually, what it does is they tune you out because they they think you are a hypocrite. Now, I think I've shared this before, but um, when me and um, Pastor Diane first came here to take over this church, almost all of you weren't here at the time. But this is what they said to me. Um, They said two things to me. Um, They said, in West Virginia, where you live, in this church, you can never have excellence and it will never prosper. That's what was verbally said to me, not from someone outside, that was within. I said, well, okay, well, we're shooting for average. <laughs> and you can ask my wife, I was so mad about that. I got to be honest, I'm a little competitive. I'm not saying all this was Jesus, but I'm like, we're going to show them. Yeah. We're just going to show them. Now, when I got over that, and I just said, you know what, if you take faith and you take the word of God and you put a standard out there. Let's have a standard to go by. And you know what? Everybody says that visits our church, it's friendly and there's a spirit of excellence there. Now I'm talking about people that that actually are in some of the best churches in the country that have visited us. This is what they said. There's a spirit of excellence there. I thought we couldn't have that. I think you can have anything the word of God says that you can have if you put faith to it, some action to it. So you know what? In your own life, I believe you can have prosperity. I believe you can have a spirit of excellence. You don't have to have the biggest house, but take care of the house you have right now. Well, you know, one day when I get a bigger car, well, take care of the car you have right now. It shouldn't look like McDonald's blew up in your car. I lost my keys. Yeah, because it's under 16 piles of Happy Meal containers. Now, just let me say something. If you have a couple two-year-olds, you get a little bit of a pass, all right? How many got little kids? You just cleaned the car in, in, in like two minutes. My, my kids are like 15, 21. It still doesn't matter. They get in the car and get out. I'm like, do you know what a garbage can is? Do you know where this stuff goes? <laughs> are you all with me today? I'm, I'm picking, but so, so here's our principles this morning. Um, this isn't just don't steal, but it's actually a principle of quit stealing and really work with some. Excellence. And before I read you the last scripture, I wrote this down. If you cannot do it with excellence, don't do it. If you cannot do it with excellence, what? Well, don't do it. Here's why excellence is so important it says something about you, it says something about your church, it says something about your God. A spirit of excellence. Look at someone and say, This is good. All right, one, one more scripture. Let me get to the last point. So, um, 2 Thessalonians says this um, Brothers and sisters, that's us, right? We, we instruct you in the name of Jesus. Stay away from believers who are unruly, who stray from all that we've taught you. For you know very well that you should order your lives after our example, because we were not undisciplined when we were with you. Paul talking here. He said, We didn't sponge off of you. Y'all hear that? They worked hard. Spirit of excellence. Uh, we worked hard night and day to provide for food and lodging so we weren't a burden, verse nine. It wasn't because we didn't have the right to be supportive, but we wanted to give you what an example to follow, verse 10. When we were with you, we instructed you with these words. Anyone who doesn't want to work for a living, they should what? Are you kidding me? That's in the Bible. If you want to be lazy, let's go on. Verse 11. Now, we hear rumors that some of you are being lazy, and you're neglecting to work. That these people really aren't not busy, but they are what? Busy bodies. Instead of working, they're in everyone else's business. I know you guys don't know anyone. They all come to the 11th service. You know what I tell them at the 11th service? They were all at the 9.30 service. Is it 11? Is that the next one? 11.30. Yeah, okay. I'll, I'll be here early. Okay. Where am I at? Verse 12, so with the authority of Jesus, we order you, go back to work in an orderly fashion, and we exhort them to earn their own living. What's he saying? Get back to work, work with excellence. Brothers and sisters, don't ever get weary in doing what is right. I don't care if everyone else in your cubicle, in your office, on your floor, in your department does not have a spirit of excellence, don't get weary, you be excellent. You work hard. You represent the king. You represent LifePoint. You represent God. Amen. Take special note of anyone who won't obey what we've written. It actually says stay away from them so they would be ashamed they would get turned around. You don't regard them as an enemy, but caution them as fellow believers. What's that mean? Don't follow into their trap. Well, if, if they're not going to work hard, don't fall into that. Well, they're being lazy. Like, hey, I don't understand this. You know how people, there are just some people would love to have a job where you get paid to do nothing. Like that's a blessing. That's not what scripture teaches us. All right, let me give you the last point, okay? So what have we said this morning? The real principle here is how accurate we live our lives, which means stop stealing from God, from others, even from yourself, work with a spirit of excellence. Here's the last one, and then become a blessing. Become a blessing. Um, you, you make a living by what you earn, but you really make a life by what you want, What you give. And it's very clear in scripture, um, right here we just read, that if you work hard, you'll be blessed. It says you can bless people in need. So how could you bless people in need unless you're what? Blessed. Blessed. So we know that God puts his blessing on us, but the way we sow, the way we work with the spirit of excellence, we're really rewarded with what? Blessings. Our businesses are rewarded with blessings. Our churches are rewarded with blessings. Our lives are rewarded with blessings. When we have a spirit of excellence and when we work hard, God blesses it. So we can call ourselves blessed all we want to, but how many know there's some lifestyle that has to match it so the blessing of God will stay on our lives? This is what God gave them in the commandments. He said, stop stealing. Stop being a klepto. Stop stealing from God. Stop stealing from other people. And he's talking about he's sending them into the land. And he's saying, here's how you stay above sin. Here's how you stay blessed. Work with the spirit of excellence and become a blessing. Now, when we see the word give, it's usually a Greek word donami. But here in this scripture in Thessalonians, is actually the scripture metadonami, which means this. It means to have an extreme um, desire of generosity. It means when you give, you don't just give some, but you do what you impart So what are our lives supposed to be about as believers? Imparting into the lives of others, imparting into our church, imparting into the communities around us. Our lives ought to be consistently what? About giving, that's what a spirit of excellence, and I'm not talking about just money. Sometimes it's advice. Sometimes it's of our testimony. But to bless others we have to be what? We have to be blessed. Now, what would be the reward of a spirit of excellence? What would be the reward if we weren't stealing and we were working with excellence? You know what the reward is? It's a blessed life. It's this word, prosper. So, we, how many wanna be blessed? This is how we're blessed. This part of us being blessed is that we are prospering. So, why would God want you to prosper? There's a few reasons God wants you to prosper. He wants you to prosper so you can provide for your family. It's very clear it says that. He wants you to provide for your family. Um, He wants you blessed so you can sow into the kingdom of God. Here's another reason he wants you blessed, so you can enjoy what he gives you. Quit looking so religious. God wants you to enjoy things. He wants to reward you so you can enjoy things. He wants you to prosper so you can meet the needs of other people. And listen to this. He wants you to prosper so he can show off his faithfulness through your life. One reason. Okay, think about that. Makes sense. God wants me to prosper so I can take care of my family. He wants me to prosper so I can sow into the kingdom. He wants me to prosper so I can enjoy things. He wants me to prosper so I can meet the needs of someone else. And he also wants you to prosper so he can show off his faithfulness through little old you. So, so when, we, when we say, I, I'm done stealing and I want to work with a spirit of excellence, I want to become a blessing because it shows off the faithfulness. Isn't it cool that God would want to show off his faithfulness through you? How would he do that? He trusts you being faithful. He trusts you if you have a spirit of excellence. So what's the opposite? What's the opposite of prospering? It starts with a P. This is what it sounded like. That's when you knew what the answer is. You just mumble, right? It's poverty. The opposite of prospering is what? Poverty. And when we read the scripture, it says this, poverty is what? Part of the curse. God wants to call you blessed and God wants to bless you and he wants to break the power of the curse. Poverty is part of the curse. He does, he, Galatians says this, he hung on a cross to break the curse off of your life. The curse was sickness, it was disease, it was a separation from God and it included poverty. It's a curse. And if you came up with any type of poverty, you cannot call it a blessing. It's not a blessing when you can't buy food for your kids. It's not a blessing when you can't pay the gas bill. It's not a blessing. Well, God's testimony, no, it's part of the curse. It's poverty. God doesn't want it on your life. He wants you to be blessed. He wants you to prosper. So I I wrote a couple things down. How does poverty come? Y'all don't know, right? Y'all love the word? All right, here's how poverty comes. There's some ways that poverty comes. Real quick, I'm wrapping up. We know it's part of the curse. It can come from ignorance. If you don't know why there's poverty and you don't know how it breaks, it may never break from your life. And no one may have ever said to you that poverty is part of the curse and God doesn't want you cursed. He wants you blessed. No one may have ever told you God wants you to prosper. You may have come up in a religion and you never heard that before. God can lift you up and out of poverty. Is there anyone in this room that ever came out of poverty and you owe it to God? Let me see your hand, don't don't be ashamed of that. God's blessing your life. And maybe you never knew, right? So ignorance can be a reason. Let me give you a a, a few more reasons. Let me say this though. Um, When you get revelation, that's what cancels out ignorance. When you open up the word and you get revelation and God wants you blessed to be a blessing that will cancel out your ignorance. I'm I'm not calling you ignorant, don't misunderstand me. I'm saying we we don't know. But when we get revelation, you ought to be excited that I just told you that God wants to prosper your life. You don't have to stay in poverty. Your family might have been in poverty back every generation but it can stop when the word of God starts working in your life. It, It doesn't matter what region of the country you live in, what state you're from, what street you're on. You can have poverty all around you, up and down your street, and God can prosper your house. I yeah. thought God loves everybody. Well, he loves everyone the same, but he favors us differently because he responds to faith that's in us. If you get some faith for to prosper, it should be a good thing that you're believing this morning you want to prosper. I believe you should walk out there. I want me and my family to prosper. Why? I want to provide for them. I want to enjoy things. I want God to show his faithfulness through my life. I want to meet the needs of other people, and I want to show into the kingdom. It's all right for you to prosper. Let me help you. Can we all, let's all say this. I believe the word of God teaches I can prosper. I receive that promise in my life, and I break the power of poverty. Okay, let me give you a few more. I'm getting too excited. How about this? Disobedience. That speaks for itself. When we withhold from people, or we're greedy. That, that brings poverty into our life. Sometimes we can pursue wrong riches, chase all these other schemes and, and miss true riches. Um, we, we can have a waste, wasteful living. We can just squander what we have. Um, how, man, how, I don't know if I should t- t- tell you these last three. You want to hear them? Yes. Can you handle the truth? An unteachable attitude keeps us in poverty. These are all scriptural. I just don't have time to go to all the places. An unteachable spirit or an unteachable attitude. You ever met anybody you you just can't tell them anything? They're unteachable. They won't prosper is what the Bible said. I see people like, I know you're dropping names right now. (laughs) Uh, You ready for this one? Laziness. It says in the Bible, if you're lazy, poverty will pounce on you. Now, that doesn't mean you can't. Well, Pastor, you just talked about rest a few weeks ago. Yeah, rest on a day a week, not the other six. (laughs) 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 Laziness. Y'all think we have some lazy people around? I'm not talking about in here. There's just some lazy people. They don't want to work. It's called a spirit of entitlement. They don't want to do the work and complain about their job. I hate when I'm standing in line or at a restaurant and the employees are griping about their job. And it's, it's almost like they love to be lazy. There's one restaurant I walk into and all the waitresses just sit in a booth right there waiting for people. I think it looks so, um, I gotta watch. I get picky about stuff. Um, excellence will ruin you. I mean, you walk in a business and it's excellence, you're like, I'll buy this stuff. You walk into church, it's excellence. I'll believe this stuff. Man, you walk in, and people are lazy, and they don't care, and it sends you a message. My message when I walk into this one, I'm not going to tell you which restaurant, is like, if you won't get up and do your job, why do I want to eat here? I need to stop. <laughs> you don't want to go out to eat with me. You don't want to go to Walmart with me. <laughs> Just, Jesus, help me. Here's the last one on this little list, theft. Brings us back to what we were talking about. And, and theft can be, you steal in time from your company. We've all had those people, you know. They can't get there on time. The boss walks out, they're sneaking out the door, they're not working. I, I thank God we have a staff here that we don't do that. We know what excellence is. Um, and I, I, I'm glad we have a church that has a spirit of excellence. Well, we're not perfect, but I believe striving for excellence is a godly thing. Let me close with this little scripture. It's not on the screen. Um, John chapter 10, verse 10 says the thief, we know who the thief is. His agenda is to kill, steal, and destroy. But Jesus came to give life, a life that overflows abundantly. But he says there's a thief, we know who the thief is, but you know when we act in some of the manners that I talked about today, so are we acting like Jesus or are we acting like the enemy? He's a thief, he'll steal, he'll cut corners. He lives a deceptive lifestyle. How about let's live with some integrity. Let's live with some excellence. Amen. Why don't we all stand? Anyone get something good out of this today? Thanks for listening to the LifePoint Church Podcast. Visit us online at lifepointcentral.com.